Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Rich Levine, the host of Dignity Leadership Consulting's show. Today, we're going to talk about reacting and not understanding. You might have seen a meme go around on social media, you know, reacting versus responding. It's all pretty much a similar topic. But so today, I brought in a couple of guests, and our main focus today is going to be Chad Stedham. I met Chad during my master's training. Welcome, Chad. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, Rich. And also on Zoom today, we've got Nadine Murphy. Welcome, Nadine. Hi, thank you. And we also have Anna Sanchez. Hello, glad to be here. So thanks everybody for joining me again. I kind of go back to my gurus to get you back in the house. You guys are awesome. You're an inspiration to me and I enjoy having you on our show. So with that, we're gonna talk about my leadership pitfall series, which I started um, and so we'll tell you a little story. So how this whole thing started is uh, I'm sitting on the couch watching football, watching basketball. I can't even remember what I was doing. My wife comes home from a business trip. She throws her bags down on the floor, and she's got this look on her face. She walks in, gets on the couch, pulls the blanket over, curls up in the fetal position, and starts bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, what is going on? So I started asking her some questions, and she proceeds to tell me what had happened at a convention that she was at. And it led me down this route. It's like, wow, not only have I made a lot of mistakes as a leader, but a lot of other people are making mistakes as leaders. And how do we fix this? How do we become better? So I started writing down a bunch of things, and she gave me a bunch of ideas, so I started writing them down. And one of them that she gave me was this, you know, responding versus reacting. So this is where I bring in my my 22 years. Is that what you said you've been you've been a leader for 22 years, Chad? 22 years. 22 yeah. years. So how do you know you've been a leader for 22 years? Because somebody told you that, or that's a great question. So I've been in a position to have the opportunity to lead for there. 22 years. How about that? Is that that is that is much better. There I we like go. that. So it's kind of weird when somebody says, "Hey, you've been a leader for 22 years," and it's, you kind of got to ask yourself, right? If I really been a leader for 22 years? So me personally, I've been in leadership more than I haven't. And I remember when I started and got hired out of college, I worked at Foot Locker of all places, right? And so I definitely wasn't a leader there, but contrary, I was. We'll talk about that on one of these shows. And then I went into another position where I was an hourly employee. So I've been working for, well, I've been working since uh, dinosaurs roamed the earth. But the first couple of years, I was just an employee, if you will. And then I moved into a leadership role, but I've only been a leader for two, three, maybe four years because I've been stuck in this management thing. So that's where I want to bring you in and start picking your head and picking, you know, picking your brain and starting to figure out some things. So today's topic is reacting, not understanding. Why is that so important in leadership? So whenever you look at reaction, and I actually wrote down reaction versus responding, but Same it's thing. similar similar topics, right? So yep. you think about a reaction, a reaction is something that's an emotional response. It's something that you're taking your beliefs, your biases, your prejudices, and your unconscious mind, and you're making a decision quickly. A response is differently. It, like a response is something that's well thought out. A response is where I'm trying to take an, a scenario and think through what the long-term impacts and outcomes would truly be, right? So, and, and that's where I would say the differences would be. So you, you hear the, the phrase, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yep. So I would say what you wanted to do whenever you start getting into situations is 
to try to have a foresight of 2020. How do you look at a situation and try to think about what the outcome of that situation would be and you respond where it's going to have the best possible implications for both you and the other individuals. So it's a win-win, not a lose-win proposition. No, that's that's a great point. And it brings me back to, I love dropping, you know, little tidbits in here on books to read to help, you know, to make you a better leader. And one of the books I remember reading was called The Three Laws of Performance. And I believe the author's last name was Zephron. And there was a co-author on it, I can't remember it. But if you go Google it, anybody out there listening wants to look for it or go on to uh, audiobooks, it's uh, The Three Laws of Performance. And you just hit it right there. I mean, you hit on one of them. And it's you've got to get past the way, past how you thought in the past to be able to think towards the future. And there's a great story that, you know, a lot of people talk about, and they've probably seen it on Google or heard about it, but I'm going to run through it again real quick. And it's the story about fleas. And if you know or not, fleas do not fly. Fleas jump. And what happens is you can actually train fleas. And this is what happens to our brains as humans. And this is where we got to get out of the rut. So if you take fleas and you stick them in a jar and you screw the jar on, they'll jump and they're going to hit the lid on the jar. And they're going to turn, they're going to determine that that hurts. So they're going to start jumping and they're only going to jump as high as the lid of the jar. You can actually take that lid off and the fleas will continue to jump and they're only going to jump as high as the jar. And that's the way we think as humans, right? We've, we've been trained that somebody asks you how you're doing and you respond with your traditional answer. You reach in the drawer, you pull it out and file. Oh, I'm supposed to answer. Good. Fine. But how do you get past that? How do you get outside the jar? How do you see beyond the jar? How do you see a future? How do you train people? to see beyond the edge of that jar and to stop thinking the way they always thought. That's a great question. So it goes back to the analogy of how do you take the lid off of somebody's business? And you've got to find ways to be able to encourage them to think differently, right? It, how many people take the same route to work on a daily basis? It, it's Guilty. just, you don't even notice it. You don't even notice that you're driving the same way. So how do you, with intentionality, change some of the activities and behaviors that you're doing because otherwise to your point you're going to continue to kind of get in that constant rut where you're just doing the same thing and what's the definition of insanity doing Ex the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome right exactly. so yep. it, how do you get different outcomes and i think that's where you go back to the response versus a reaction and you start thinking through occurrences let me give you an example real quick you've got your kid and they drop a glass and it shatters all over the floor how many individuals are going to react in that situation and be so frustrated with their kids? Why aren't you paying attention? What are you doing? Yelling at them, but it does nothing to further the situation, right? Versus a response where you could take that same scenario where a kid drops a glass, shatters it on the floor, and then now you're asking, hey, stay still. You don't have shoes on. I want to make sure that you're protected. Let me clean the glass up. And so now you're, you're taking a trivial incident with a kid and reassuring them, right, that they're okay. And you're, you're thinking of a response that's going to be in the long term, a better impactful response that's going to build a better relationship, right, than what it would be if you just belittled your kid and you make them feel insignificant through the reaction. So that would be the, the way that I would define the differences between reactions and responses. 
and find ways to be able to retrain your brain or at least to think through what better responses could be. So that's, that's an awesome story. And I've had to learn how to train myself. And you always hear me going back and talking the same things over and over and over again because that's what we do. We fall back in habits. So I'm a blue. We go back to the same thing. You know, I keep bringing up all these color insights. And with the blue, I got to get out of my rut and I got to figure out how to do things differently. And by going through some of these things that you and I have in these leadership leadership training courses, we figured out how to see differently. And what it's done for me is it's changed the relationships I have with individuals at work. It's changed with individuals in my household and it's made my life better. And if I had any advice for anybody, it's, it's, you've got to take three seconds, four seconds before you actually answer somebody's question, think about it and ask yourself, am I giving a canned answer? Or am I giving a honest, vulnerable, worthy answer to this individual? So you, you brought this up originally, right? You said reacting versus understanding. I guess the question I would ask you and all the listeners is why do you listen? Like what's the purpose and what's the intent behind listening to an individual? And if we're being honest with ourselves, Rich, I would say, and we're all guilty of it, but typically we'll listen to answer versus mm -hmm. to understand. Absolutely. There's a big difference between that. Somebody wants to chime in. we got somebody on Zoom. Who wants to chime in? <laughs> I was just uh, aggressively agreeing uh, with him. Absolutely. And, and taking that pause or realizing that you are just waiting for them to pause so you can chime in um, and, and trying to catch yourself before you do that and allow the moment to happen instead of trying to control it. Uh, and, you know, I, I am saying all that while I'm trying to jump in and, and, and agree with Chad, but it, it's so key uh, for people to, you know, pick up on those moments and try to manage them or exhibit a little bit of self-control uh, for the, the betterment of the group. And that's a, a great point right there, the self-control piece of it. Rich, I could not agree with that more. And here's why. You hear people say something, and you instantly at that point, like you've already got your response, right? You know what you want to say at that point, and you can't wait for them to stop talking to say that point to the point that you don't listen to the rest of what they say. You're so fixated on yourself and what you want to say based on whether it's a rebuttal, an agreement, whatever it may be, but we truly have to take pause and listen to understand. So Nadine, that's a great point and I appreciate you bringing that up. So I yeah, gotta... there's been some experiences where I had leaders that were already ready to answer my second question. I hadn't even gotten the first question out. <laughs> one of the, one of the, uh, so Anna, can I stop you right there? If, if they were ready to answer your second question, are they truly a leader? Correct, yeah, good question. You know, sometimes when you have employees, and I, I got into the habit of when I had employees come into my office, they want to chat or want to do something. Um, I, I sometimes, and, and say it's off, it's a problem. That's just a good example. I have gotten in the habit where I will ask, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help solve? You know, and I think and that could save marriages right there. Yeah, oftentimes they'll end up saying, no, Anna, I just need you to listen. I just need to bounce this off of you. And all they're looking for is to confirm their own gut. Yeah, I just need somebody to tell me my gut's right. 
or I just need you to listen, or yeah, I do need you to help me solve. I did X, Y, and Z, and it's still not done, and I need your help. <clears throat> but that kind of helps the, in the dialogue and helps them, uh, or helps me be able to understand how to best respond. So no, that's that's good. We so obviously somebody's listening to this podcast live because they're chiming in on exactly what you're saying, and you're in your you're getting right to the heart of the matter. But um, so one thing I wanted to add is, and Pamela, if you're out there listening to this podcast, I know you're going to listen to it. You gave me this advice one day, and it's silent. Rearrange the letters. Spells listen. You've got to be quiet in order to listen. They both mean the same thing. And the other thing is, is like my grandmother always told me, said, Rich, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to listen more than you talk. And for me, communication, and we've talked about this, you know, through some of the earlier podcasts, I'm tying it back to the insights and stuff. When you're speaking, the other person has to be listening, but are you talking to them in the right terms? So then that engages the listening, and then you're ready to come back in, going on what you're saying, Chad, is we've got to prepare ourselves to respond, not react, and we've got to control our emotions to not jump in. Because somebody might say something, like, if you're a fiery red and somebody says something, you're a fiery red. If I jump in on you, it, it, it gets you going before, and you're, you have a tendency probably to react and not to respond. Absolutely. And I think that my wife and my kids could attest to that as well. And I'm, I'm definitely working on it, but that's absolutely correct. Like it's, it's one of those instant reactions that think about the, the glass scenario, right? What's the impact to my son? So let's say it's Jackson, my 11 year old that, that breaks a glass. What's the long-term impact if I jump on him and belittle him and make him feel bad for the rest of his day, right? There's 864,000 seconds in a day. And that 60-second scenario could impact the rest of his entire day. So wait a second. You have how many seconds in a day? 864,000. That's the same thing I have. Exactly. Time's the equalizer among men. Wow. It's interesting, isn't among, it? Among people. So we just, did a, we just did a show a little while ago, and you were a guest on it, on diversity and inclusion. And now you just said that time is an equalizer of men. Yeah, I say guys too all the time. And that just means you all. That's, that's all it means is you all. Y'all. For those so, of y'all that aren't in Texas, y'all. So it is a real word. So we're recording this show from the heart of Texas. And I'm not from the heart of Texas. I'm from Iowa. Sorry about that. I know. Sorry about it. You do need a passport to get out of there. Actually, it was a great upbringing. But y'all, I'm starting to learn some of the slang down here. And we've got people zooming in from Indianapolis. They're like, what are you talking about, y'all? <laughs> but it, it is about y'all. Um, but you touched on something, and now we got off track, and now I got to I got to get back to what you said, um, and I'm gonna it's gonna come to me. Um, but time we being the equalizer. No, it was before we're talking about time. We talked about something else in the show, and I and I can't get back to it. But we'll we'll get back to you reacting, and responding, and listening. But I I can't remember. I'm off. I'm off track. <laughs> I, I'm totally lost. But um, so so is it ever okay? Let me ask this too to our Zoom friends over here, is it ever okay to react? Or what would be situations where it would be appropriate to react or respond? I'd like to get y'all's take on that. Um, I think if there's a bodily harm, I mean, if, if we're saving lives, then yeah, we need to react. But I, I don't know how many times I've told my team, we're not saving lives here. Let's take a minute and let's figure out what the right the, the best course of action. But I mean, I think if you're saving lives and it's a, 
a life and death situation, then yeah, you need to react. You need to um, trust your instincts and go forth. Um, but I, I think the majority of the time, we have the luxury of time. We just choose not to take it. I would say it's whenever you need to have reflexes. That's the point in which you should react, right? Somebody pulls you, pulls in front of you, you've got to slam on the brakes. That's a reaction. I 100% agree with that. And then uh, my wife humbled me whenever we were talking about this. She actually, I, I was talking through reaction, and she brought up a topic, and it was road rage. And I may be somebody that suffers a little bit from road rage, a small amount, um, to which she very quickly, this is how we came up with the 864,000 seconds. She said, you can allow a 30 second or 20 second interaction to impact the rest of your day by the way you react versus responding. And you talk about a gut punch right there. That, uh, that resonated with me. How about there's, that? There's nothing like a spouse to keep us all honest, right? And humble. And humble and all that good stuff. So, you know, Chad, I w I'm sorry, Rich. I was I was thinking back about uh, your glass story with your son. And, you know, I remember there are moments in time with my parents when I was growing up that are burned in my brain. They they feel like if I think back on them, it like happened just yesterday and I'm, I'm not a young person anymore. And so, you know, I, what I try to do is make sure that I'm not having those burn in the brain negative uh, moments where, you know, I'm interacting with my team or with somebody at the bank or, you know, stick in whoever that I might have that, you know, where I have a bad reaction and I'm still working on it too. Cause I, I'm a very extroverted person and I react to things. And, and, but what I don't want is to have a negative reaction burned in somebody's brain that they could reflect on it from years from now. And it feels like it just happened yesterday. So, so I applaud you with you, you know, holding back on your son in the broken glass. Uh, we definitely don't want to do that to people. So and, you, you just reminded me of what I was going to say to you, Chad, or to respond to your question. So respond, not react. And it's, it's not what you say to people, it's how you make them feel. Yeah. So in this situation, you made your son feel like he was protected and that he was gonna be okay versus you know, threatened. And the other side of that is, and where I wanna go down with it is, is if you take the other route, like you're saying like, what the heck did you do? Why'd you break that? What that does is you're attacking the person now. Yep. And when you attack the person, you actually release adrenaline in their system. And then when you adre uh, release adrenaline, what happens is your brain starts going wonky and it starts to do a high focus. And then on top of that, it increases stress and, and fear. And that comes from a release of cortisol in the brain. So now you got these two chemicals running through your system and your bloodstream. And they're both what, what um, JP, Dan or JP Phillips um, out of Sweden calls the devil's cocktail. You got these two bad things running through. And what they do is they create intolerance, irritability, lack of creativity, um, you start thinking critically, you have an impaired memory and focus, and then you start making bad decisions. And that's what happens when you react, not respond, you're actually attacking the person. So for the, all the leaders that are listening to this podcast, I want you to take note of what Rich just said, because whenever you are interacting with those that you're leading and those that you are managing, and you have those types of reactions to them, 
Think about how you're stifling, not just the morale, but also the overall productivity for the ability for them to be able to go out there and be creative decision makers. So I love the, Rich, by the way, will always pull in the data. <laughs> just so if you guys don't know that, Rich will always be the data guy. So if you need a statistic, he'll have it for you. But no, I, I think that that's great for leaders, young and old, to be able to understand. I mean, think about the teams that you have right now. How many of those individuals are new to your team? How many of those individuals are tenured? And think about your reaction to somebody that's new, that doesn't know you very well anyway, and they're formulating what their thoughts of you as a leader are by that reaction versus a response, where the people that you've led for years may have, they've already got that trust built up in you, and they know that it's a reaction, right? They know that it's not the response, the way Rich would typically be dealing with this type of a scenario. So you've got those, you've got that trust that's already embedded with them. So let's go to the other side of that. Let's let's dissect scientifically the side you did take and you made your son feel good. And what that did is you actually released um, oxytocin into his system. Oxytocin is released when you display empathy. And when you give empathetic actions, releasing oxytocin builds up trust. So now what happens going down the road is, here's what your, here's what your son's gonna feel. Okay, I just made a mistake, I just broke dad's favorite glass, you know. I just used dad's tool and I didn't put it back in the chest where it's supposed to go in the right drawer. He's gonna understand that it's gonna be okay, that you're not gonna attack him, and that you're gonna help him say, hey, here's why it's important for you to take care of this or do this. And you're gonna build up that trust so that when the day comes, Hopefully it doesn't, but we all know as parents that there's going to be the one day when, when the child has to come to us and they need help, they're going to have trust in you. And that's the same thing we have to do with our employees. There's going to be a day when they get in a bad situation with a customer, not by choice, mm -hmm. just by default. And whatever industry you're in, you're going to have that one customer that's going to just press your buttons. And they're going to come to us as leaders for help. And we've already have had to have built up this trust with them. And it goes all the way back to this vicious cycle. It's we can't react, we've got to respond. Because if they're going to bring that information to us and we want to help them, they've got to understand that we're going to respond and coach, not scold and discipline. Well, and it also doesn't allow for problems to be able to fester. So if you've got a scenario where you've got the ability for your team to be able to come to you because they know they're going to get a response and not get scolded, get a reaction, what I like to tell people is, you know, bad news is like a glass of milk. You put it on a shelf behind you, right? You want to be able to deliver that bad news by the time in which you could still drink that glass of milk. If you don't drink it for a day, it's going to be pretty nasty the next day. I say that because if I've got a situation with a client, for instance, and it's a small situation right now, over time it's going to continue to grow. But if I don't have a disposition that's going to be a response versus a reaction to my team, they're probably not going to bring it to me. What's a molehill? Right? It's going to land on my plate when it becomes a mountain and they can't find a way to be able to get through versus coming to, coming to a leader to try to find ways to work through it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you said that one very well. And, and it's a testament to what we've got to do as leaders and it's figure out, you know, it's build that trust with them all along and show them that when they're in dire straits that we're going to be there and be trustable and we're going to respond and not react. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. If the soldiers can't see the generals crying under the tent, 
So in what that what he was talking about is there's got to be a, a a group of leaders, a trusted group, a tribe, if you will, that allows you to be able to have those reactions in the appropriate with the appropriate audience. And I think that's important. Not that you know it it's it's okay to have reactions, uh, and it's okay to be frustrated and wonder why you know one employee can't do it correctly or or more or better than the other one or or just better in general. But there has to be an outlet for leaders. So I would I would say that I'm sure all of us have that colleague that we can go to and be able to vent what the struggles might be for you. Uh, but it's important to understand who that audience is and is it a safe place for you to be your authentic self, to go ahead and be frustrated about it um, uh, because you're ha- it takes energy to think before you speak and to behave in a way that's going to be appropriate for your team. Absolutely. Anybody else have anything to say? I- so I'm looking over at our producer. How are we doing on time, Mr. Kevin? We've got about three minutes. Three minutes. All right, so go. let's start winding this thing down. So what I'm gonna, so here's what I'm going to ask you, Chad, as our guru guest today. So give me your elevator speech. You're going to coach somebody. You've got 60 seconds. How do you coach somebody to respond and to not react? So it's been said a couple of times. The first thing that you really need to do is take a moment to breathe. Be silent. Don't just instantly start to go in and try to start formulating and thinking through, A, the context of what the situation actually is, and then what the outcome of that situation would be. When we talked beforehand about the hindsight being 2020, what's the long-term impact and what's the desired result? And if you can start thinking through what those desired results are, that's going to help lead, guide how your response should be to that situation and how you should navigate it. But most importantly, take a take a moment to pause, and silence is okay. So it, and for those of you that have gone through the insights, even if you're a fiery red such as myself, you can still have you know, that moment of five to seven seconds just to be able to think through before you actually start to speak. Because I'm sure we've all done this, right? As soon as the words have come out of your mouth, you've wanted to be able to take those words right back as soon as you've said them. That's a reaction, not a response. And what I would add to that is taking that time out shows vulnerability. It demonstrates that you're willing to listen, and it also displays the fact that you don't have that canned answer ready to go when somebody walks in. It, it tells them. It's, it's the physical data point that says, hey, I'm listening to you, and I'm going to go back. So as we're wrapping up this show, today's topic was reacting and not understanding. And for me, why it's bad is it's – Reacting is relying on past information to recreate what you already know. And Chad, you touched on this earlier. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. So how do we fix this? So here's the quick and easy fix. Understanding actually demonstrates that you consider multiple viewpoints, that you can drop your own biases, and that you're looking to the future to create new opportunities, which generates hope and builds trust. And if you've ever read the book uh, um, Clifton Strength Finders, um, Thomas, Roth, Thomas Roth, he talks about four concepts in there that builds leadership: hope, trust, compassion, and consistency. So with that, 
We're up against the clock. We're another 30 minutes. I appreciate all the listeners out there listening. Again, I'm Rich Levine. I am the founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. You can find me on LinkedIn at uh, linkedin.com backslash rich.levine, L-E-V-E-N-E. You can also find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. I want to thank my guest, Chad Stedham, for coming in and for Anna Sanchez and Nadine Murphy for joining us on Zoom. Thank you all and go out and make it better than great.